I know in evangelical circles, we talk a lot about choosing Christ. That's a really good idea. I vote for that. I think that's where you're going to find life more abundant to the full till it overflows. But one of the reasons why we can do that is that we have been chosen. We are God's children who he adores. And there's something amazing about being chosen. About being chosen, it gives you a security And then your natural impulse is to choose him back. You know, the word of God says that we love him because he first loved us. So that's a response of love. It's a choosing back because you've been chosen. So let's unpack this because this is really beautiful uh, and um, will help you in your heart rest, um, be secure, and uh, start to operate more and more as a son and daughter and whom uh, God is well-pleased will help you partner with him more and just enjoy your life more. But your faith comes alive. So let's talk about this. I'm going to take you to John 15, and we're going to start in verse 15, John 15, 15. This is the Passion Translation. And this is Jesus, and he's talking to his disciples. This is near the end of his earthly ministry. He has the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles. Uh, Disciples uh, is basically one who is taught. So, um, and they're uh, apostles because they're going to be sent out with a message, right? And he's gathered his 12 around, and he knows his time is short. He's going to the cross, like, the next day. Okay. And so everything that he says at this time is super important. This is his final opportunity to pour in to the 12 that he's leaving behind. Like he's leaving behind this message to be taught through these 12 to the world. (laughs) So it's a big deal. So this might be pretty important. Uh, Let's go to John uh, 15, 15. He says, I have never called you servants. Because a master doesn't confide it in servants and servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I have called you my most intimate and cherished friends. Let's just stop right there. So God doesn't call his followers servants. He calls us his most intimate and cherished friends. So God is not looking for your service. Now, let's be very clear. We're going to talk about where service comes into play, okay? But you're not a servant. You're a friend. And operating as a friend, you're going to be able to fulfill what he's calling you to do, which is ultimately laying yourself down like a servant, loving others, right? But it's because you are his friends and out of that place you serve. But let's keep on going, okay? But I call you my most intimate and cherished friends. So you're intimate and cherished. For I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my father. Right? You have, uh, the more you grow in your relationship with God, 
the more intimacies you'll share. And this is, this is, you, this is practiced, right? Receiving from God, he'll tell you and show you more and more uh, because he wants to reveal, uh, he wants to reveal about his father, about you, about the world, about what you're supposed to be doing, about how to um, heal your heart, blah, 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 all of that stuff he wants to reveal to you. And that comes from the place of intimacy that you cultivate, you practice over time. Okay. Verse 16. This is happy. <laughs> okay. Ready? Um, you didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you. Commissioned means to send out, right? To go into the world and bear fruit. What is fruit? Fruit is all the good stuff. Fruit is fruit of character, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the fruit of love, uh, the fruit of, of service, the fruit of, um, of um, uh, doing your contribution, whatever that looks like um, for the world. And your fruit will last because it comes from him. Because whatever you ask of my father for my sake, he will give it to you. So this is my command. Get ready. Okay. This is his command, his parting command to not only these 12 disciples, but all of us who are his disciples. We are being taught. We are learning. Okay, get ready. Love one another deeply. Okay, so this is this is what God empowers to love as he loves. Let's unpack some of this in the uh, Passion Translation. So the word for intimate friends, um, this is so beautiful in both the Aramaic and the Greek. Ready? Oh my goodness, means those cared for from the womb. So God has cared for you, actually, even before you were sent to the womb, right? But he cared for you from the womb. He has been constant caring for you. Now, your life may not have always looked like that. Why? Because stuff happens in a fallen world. There are people that are broken and fallen and hijack what God's intentions are, but God has always cared for you from the womb. Uh, and he says, you are more than a friend to him for you were born again from his wounded side. So this concept of being born again, this is where we choose God back, right? And experience what it means to be a son, to be a daughter, experience what it means to be a friend, one, one cared for from the womb. And it's interesting, you were born again from his wounds, right? In order for you to be able to do this, God so loved you, was so unwilling to do without you. He laid down his life. He yielded to human rage. He yielded to, to death. We're the ones that placed him on the cross. And it was our rage that accused him of every horrible thing. He submitted to that. He sub he became sin on our behalf. Um, he who knew no sin, he never sinned, became sin, all of our sin. And then what did he do on that cross? <clears throat> he became sin. And then he said, you know, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. So this is the covenant of forgiveness. And he did that. And then he died right? Went to hell, preached to the captives in hell, resurrected again, bringing people with him, having destroyed all the principalities and powers. That means all the demonic uh, things that were arrayed against and, and death. Okay. Brought that, brought us back with him, uh, in him. And then seated at the right hand of the father where you're seated. 
Uh, and you, you, you can grow to know that as you choose them back. So the invitation is to be born again. Um, because this is, this is not a, a, um, a prayer. It's good to pray. This is where you get to choose him back and experience new life, right? When you choose him back, but he's always been there. Okay. It's not an offer that happens because you choose. It's an open offer. And when you choose, you awaken to what's already been and you experience eternal life and life to the full till till it overflows. Um, um, the, um, let's see, uh, verse 15, it says, I have called you my most intimate and cherished friends for I reveal to you everything I have heard, uh, from my father. And he says, the master doesn't confide in his servants, but there is this invitation. And that's what, uh, what, um, uh, is, is brought out in this, this, um, translation, I have invited you as dinner guests. So he's chosen you and invited you to choose him back. Now, when you think of a dinner guest, well, if you're invited as a dinner guest, the table set before you, is anyone in there going to shove it down your throat? So they're going to force you to sit down or they force you to even come, right? But there's this open invitation all the time. And if you don't cooperate, um, you know, if you don't, whatever, if you rebel against God, he doesn't renege his invitation. It is always there. There's always an invitation and there's always an invitation to know him more because there we choose him. And then we realize, wow, I've chosen him here, but this place in my heart, no, I haven't ch- chosen him. I've, I've, I've uh, insisted on walking my own way here. And he's saying, no, you, I want you to choose me here. And we get to choose him more. And the more and more we choose him, the more transformed we are. And the more life we experience, and this is an ongoing process. This is what it means to be conformed into the image of Christ, that we yield to him and choose him again and in a deeper way and in a different way so that all of our being gets to choose him, right? Um, And I, I think, you know, I always kind of, one of my pet peeves, there's that song that talks about, I surrender all. And usually people in church are saying it and they're weeping. Oh, I surrender all. And honestly, I have to say it kind of irritates me because, and I'm not saying their hearts aren't sincere. They are. I just think they're kind of deceived because we only surrender what we know to surrender. So the idea that we've surrendered all once and for all is kind of silly because we don't know what we don't know. We don't know what's left there and is not in agreement with God that we haven't surrendered yet. We're all growing in the knowledge. So we're not completely glorified. In other words, not every part of us has chosen him as surrendered, right? To his way of thinking, his way of being, um, his way of acting. We surrender what we know to surrender, right? We yield what we know to yield and we're uh, unveiled in another level of glory, look more like him. And then- there's something else to surrender and to yield. So um, so this is not a one-time process. This is an ongoing process that requires relationship because honestly, you will not surrender. You will not yield to God. You will not choose God where you don't trust him yet, where you don't know that you're not trusting him. And we all have it. And if we think we don't have it, it's like kind of like, you know, like, you lie if you don't have, if you say you don't have sin, of course you have sin because sin is a fallen way of being. And last time I checked, none of us have been fully conformed into the image of Christ. And so there's more to do. 
but we can relax in it, but also have the humility to recognize, you know what, we've, we may be committing all we know we need to commit, but there's going to be more. And so we can rest in that process because we're adored wherever we're at, but there's always more to do. There's always an open invitation. Let's go to Ephesians 1.4. I'm just looking at this really quick. <laughs> Okay, I was trying to trying to remember which one this was. I'm I'm reading actually the 2018 um, version of it because it has a little bit of wording that is left out in the 2020 version that I I think is sad that that was taken out because I think it was helpful. But let, let's talk about it. Ephesians one four, and he chose us. This is God. This is Christ to be His very own. Oh my goodness, you're His favorite thing, right? You're his favorite thing. Joining us to himself, even before he laid the foundation of the universe, God chose you, created you in his image and likeness, right? Um, Ephesians 2.10 says that you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the good works he planned before the foundation of the world. So he created you, created you with a purpose, a beautiful purpose. He created you for beautiful plans, these get hijacked, I understand, but his his design was all good and nothing but good. And then he joined you to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. So in other words, you were you, you were a spirit before the foundation of the world. And he's like, yeah, you are mine. I choose you. I'm joining myself to you. Okay. He didn't ask your opinion. He didn't ask your vote. He just said, you're mine. I love you. I choose you. Right. Okay. Then we get sent to planet earth and then we have, we experience what we experience, good, bad, and different. Okay. Um, but we've already been chosen and then we get to choose him back uh, because of his great love. He ordained us the word ordained. I just have to say always makes me happy <laughs> because it means he marked us with his love, right? You're so beautiful. You look just like him. You carry his marks of love, which is so refreshing because the demonic realm marks you with hideous things, but God is beautiful, but he already marked you before the demonic could mar you, right? And so um, he marked you or ordained you um, with himself so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with unstained innocence. So when God looks at you, it's like, that's my son. That's my daughter. Yeah, I know they've there've been hideous things they've done, but but you, who you are, is unstained and innocent because that's that's who you are. Who you are does not change by what you do. It's not knowing who you are that you do sinful things, right? But the sinful things you do don't change who you are. It just means you don't know who you are. And this is why he's constantly trying to heal us with seeing him as he is. And then he shows us as we are. And out of that place, we can get out of agreement with, with these sinful ways of being that harm ourselves and harm others, right? So this was a choosing you before the foundation of the world. And you get to choose him back. And you're not forced to choose him back because love does not control. Otherwise, it wouldn't be love. If I forced you to love me, it wouldn't be love. It would be domination. It would be rape. It would be something, but it wouldn't be love. So love doesn't do that. But love is constant, wooing the heart 
to choose choose him back, right? Um, let's go to one that maybe you're not as familiar with that talks about this before the foundation of the world. Second uh, Timothy 1, 9 and um, 10. This is in the Passion Translation. It says, he gave us resurrection life. So this is past tense. Resurrection means to bring back from the dead. This is life that is so profound. It literally brings life from the dead. This is what being born again is about. It's like we're operating in a level of death, even though we're living and we choose God, God back and we yield to him and we get to be born from above. We're already born from above. That's where we were created, but we've got an agreement with that. And we start to experience that. And it feels like, um, wow. I have a whole new life, right? Whole new lease on life. He gave us resurrection life and drew us to himself by his holy calling on our lives, okay? So he's constantly wooing us. Now, this is the good, well, this is more of the good news because it's been good news all along. And it wasn't because of any good we've done. Like you didn't earn this, you didn't deserve this, but by his divine pleasure, why? Because you're his, he's pleased with you. He's not pleased with everything you do, but you... You're his son, his daughter. Yes, you've already been approved. He's already pleased, right? And so he's drawing you to himself uh, by his divine pleasure and marvelous grace. Grace is what I provide, um, what I empower um, that you didn't earn, but I just give it because I love you. That confirmed our union with the anointed Jesus even before time began. So there is a union. Jesus, God chose us, joined us to Christ before the foundation of the world, before time began, right? He had to secure you before time began. So he joined you to himself because you're his. And then now he's asking you to choose him back. Um, This truth is now being unveiled by the revelation of the anointed Jesus, our life giver, who has dismantled death. That's past tense. And the more we choose him back, the more we experience this eternal life, which is knowing him and knowing his father, um, that allows us to experience this dismantling of death. That is good news. Obliterating all its effects on our lives. So let me just ask you, where has death had an effect on your life. Well, God is after that puppy, right? God is after where death has left its traces on your life. And you start to experience this as you choose him back. So this is eternal life, knowing God and his son, right? That is eternal life. As you do that, you experience eternal life because Christ has already obliterated death and has manifested his immortal life in us by the gospel. The gospel is the good news. What's the good news? You were chosen. He's in you. Choose him back. And you will experience life in abundance to the full, till it overflows more and more and more. This is from glory to glory to glory. This is not a one-off. We constantly have to choose him. Let's go to Titus 1. 1, 1. It says from Paul, God's willing slave. Now, when he... When he's a slave, I don't want anybody to freak out. That just means he's a servant. He's chosen. God didn't enslave him. He's saying, you know what? Whatever you say, that's I'm doing. I have made myself that way 
but not because you've enslaved, because I'm free and I'm choosing to constantly serve you. That I'm not having a will apart from you because I've yielded my will to you. And that's where eternal life is. Okay, I don't want anybody to freak out. An apostle of Jesus, the anointed one to Titus. So this is a letter. I'm writing you to further faith, the faith of God's chosen ones. And lead them into the full knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. So it's the, as you've been chosen, okay, um, there is a leading into truth that leads to godliness. What is godliness? Well, looking like God, <laughs> acting like God. So as you track with the truth, you bear the fruit, the fruit of looking like God. This is you being unveiled from glory to glory to glory, right? Um, which rests on the hope of eternal life, which you've entered as you start to know God more and more. God, who never lies, has promised this before time began. Eternal life. In his own time, he unveiled his word through the preaching of the gospel, which was entrusted to me by the command of God, our life giver. So God's your life giver. He's chosen you. You get to choose him back. And the more you choose him back, the more life you experience and the more you get to actually see who God is, right? So being born again gives you eyes to see who God is and seeing who God is, you want to choose him back more and more. Why? Because he's so good. And then you realize that apart from him, you can do nothing. Let's go back to John 15. This is where uh, Jesus said, you don't choose me. I chose you. Let's go to verse five. He says, I'm the, I'm the sprouting vine and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Now, he's not saying that you really are separated from him. But if you live as if you are, you will experience the fruit of separation, which is powerlessness right? Because God's already joined you to himself. But if you don't, um, don't recognize that, if you rebel against him, if you uh, run away from him, you will have the fruit of living like a vine, like a, like a branch separated from a vine, you will wither up and dry. So walk your little withered, dry self back up, stick yourself back to that vine, choose him back, and you will experience life and his power. Okay, now, next fine. This is pretty shocking. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. So you are loved by God with the same love that the Father loves Jesus. That's how much he loves you. Get down to your bad self, right? You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. This is yielding to love and love is pure. Love is the love is the safest person in the universe. Love casts out fear. He boots out fear. He kicks out fear because fear has torment and he doesn't want you tormented. And he's saying, I'm here. It's going to be okay. You're going to get what you need. You're going to get the healing. You're going to get the deliverance. You're going to get the, the provision. You're going to get what you need, right? Because I love you and I'm unwilling to do without you. And the more you camp out with him, the love nourishes your hearts. What happens when you nourish a heart? A heart heals. 
a heart, a heart flourishes and you start to blossom, right? Because if you keep my commands, you will live in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands for I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. So this is Jesus as a human in the flesh. He knows what it's like to be a human being. And he operated as one with his father, letting his father's love nourish his heart. And he's saying, now you do this. Let my love nourish your hearts. It says, my purpose for telling you these things is that the, the joy I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. This is his this, this is motive. I want you to be happy. <laughs> okay. So this is my command. Okay. Remember he said, if you keep my commands, you will live in my love, right? Okay. So this is his command. Love each other deeply as I have loved you. This is all connected to love. You're choosing him back. And then as you, as you let his love nourish you, you're able to love him and you're able to love others. So he not only gives the command, but he gives the empowerment to fulfill the command. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. This is what God did for you, sacrificed all for you. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. So if you see, if, if you're seeing people sacrifice for their friends, for their family, for others, this is coming and in a, in a pure heart that's not trying to earn something, but just out of a pure heart, this is God living on display because this is what God does. And that person somehow is enough of a connection with God that fruitfulness is streaming from them and they are laying down their lives. And then this is when he talks about calling you intimate and cherished friends and that you didn't choose him, but he chose you and commissioned you in the world to bear fruit. And the fruit looks like loving one another deeply, but you cannot do that unless you let his love nourish your hearts, heal your hearts. And when you have a nourished, healed heart, the heart does what it was created to do, which is to love, love God, love yourself because you're a people too, and love others. And that is fruitfulness. And that is what brings heaven to earth. Anyway, I hope this has been a blessing for you today. Share this with someone who needs it. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Share this with someone. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.